Tired of fighting your kids to make their bed? Say hello to Betty's. The unique design lets your kids make their bed with just a zip. Our patented bedding includes everything you need, a fitted sheet, top sheet, and comforter in one seamless piece that zips together. Kids love the feeling of accomplishment when they can make their bed by themselves every day. Make your mornings easier and visit Betty's.com. That's B-E-D-D-Y-S dot com. Ready for an amazing deal? BreezeLine's fiber-powered internet starting at $19.99 per month offers the reliability you deserve and security you can trust. Whether you're streaming, gaming, or working from home, we've got all your needs covered with speeds up to 1 gig and our two-year price lock guarantee. This deal gets even better with two free months of internet, free equipment, and free Wi-Fi your way to protect against cyber threats. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires July 8th, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. Poppin' Congregation, it's your girl Lacey Mosley, a.k.a. Scam Goddess, and I'm back with another installment of Scam Goddess, the podcast all about robbery, fraud, and those who practice it. Say it with me, parasocial girlies. Yes, hello. I'm so excited. I truly am. I'm excited for a return guest. He was beloved on the show. Y'all really loved his episode so, 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 so much. So we had to scam him back onto the pod. I'm really excited for this episode. Y'all know how I am. Uh, he's an actor, a comedian, an author. Come on, write in books. Check out his podcast, Beautiful Anonymous, where he opens up on the phone line to one anonymous caller and he can't hang up first, no matter what. (laughs) Congregation, please welcome back Chris Gethard. Hi, Chris. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. I Okay, I have to listen to Beautiful Anonymous because I've seen, I've heard some of the ads for it and like they'll have little snippets of like what's going on. And I think it's such an amazing concept because people are saying the wildest shit because like no one will ever know who they are. Yeah, sometimes it's like really light and silly stuff. And then sometimes people tell me the darkest things that have ever happened to them. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Pretty fun gig. And what a fun scam. Chris is like, tell me all your secrets. Oh, I could be, I mean, there's been a few stages in my career where I could have easily started um, collecting money in a real snake oil way. <laughs> really. Definitely. We could but get that to, blackmail going. Indeed. Yeah. I try to be, re- I try to be responsible with the little communities I build, but yeah. We do the same here. People tell me about crime that they do. Like some of them I have to delete from my email inbox and just act like I never saw them. Um, I, just, I bet I'm you looking- get some really... Oh, yeah. Like statute of limitations type stuff. Right. I'm like, the government gonna pull up on me. But y'all still tell me, though. Still tell me, okay? I want to know. (laughs) But Chris, you know we always ask, what's your relationship with scams? Um, I have to just say this, uh, ask this. I want you to talk about whatever you want. But one of my deepest regrets is the last time that you were on the show. um, We talked about a completely different scam, and you were fully involved in a scam that we covered, which was Action Park. (laughs) Yeah, I was on that Class Action Park documentary. You were in the uh, dock. I was like, what? Saying the F word way too many times. Because I didn't know. They didn't it, They didn't know it was going to be on HBO. So I thought I was just really screwing around these guys. And then I, I said the F word a lot of times on HBO. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, a lot of my relationship with scams ties right into that. Because I am from North Jersey, which I think is a land of scams. Oh, yes. I think everyone's running a scam here at some point in their life. 
Um, so you're either scamming or being scammed. And I had a friend who kind of described growing up in North Jersey. He was like, North Jersey is a place where you really, you learn very young. It's better to be the guy running the scam because if not, <laughs> you're definitely getting scammed. So that's the attitude I grew up around. And it's, it's kind of always just been part of my culture. I love that. I, I definitely try to be the one running the scam, but every now and then it's flipped on me and I'm being scammed and it still happens. So like people are like, are you not embarrassed? Like you're scam goddess. And I'm like, no, it's a part of life. Like either you get ran on or you running it. Have you ever yeah. seen some scams in North Jersey or anywhere else or, or of anybody being scammed? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like there's constant things happening. Uh, I, I'm remiss. I hope I didn't talk about this on the show last time. I may have. I did once get an email that said I had a FedEx package at some fe weird FedEx far from my house. And then I went to pick it up. And they were like, yeah, this is a fake email. These things happen all the time. And I'm like, what kind of, what kind of jabroni is out there? Because jabroni. it's not like I spent any money. It's not like they got anything. All they did was inconvenience me and make me spend a day running around to FedEx. Um, I also, I will tell you what else too. And this is where it gets a little sad and where I think you see it a lot is we did just recently move my mother-in-law to be a lot closer to us. Mm -hmm. So I'm now, she's about to turn 80 and I'm like, man, there's a lot of people out here preying on the elderly oh, all for the sure. time. And I do feel, I, I feel like I'm up close to it and, and watching, watching um, someone who's elderly, like try to figure out new roads and deal with how to get new ID and answer a million phone calls about stuff and sign up for new services. I'm like, Ooh, now I have to be something of a protector for somebody who's really vulnerable to this stuff. And that's eye-opening. It's eye-opening. Oh yeah, you definitely do. I mean, and technology even for me, it's changing so rapidly that like keeping up and not getting scammed, having people send me weird text messages and act like they know me and, you know, Hard and fast rule. I don't click on links from anyone. My mom sends me links. I'm like, take a screenshot, mom. Like, I'm not clicking on the link, bro. Like, you know, but yeah. it's interesting because you said that she's 80. And what I found was when my grandfather turned 80, um, and you know, like he 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 continued to live for a long time after that. But like at that point, like your social circle too is starting to like diminish. And like my grandpa used to do this weird thing that like I don't know how. I think about it. I don't want to get too dark, but like my grandfather would go to all his friends' funerals. It's like, if you get older, you're like kind of the one seeing everybody off, right? And he would take pictures of them in the casket. Like I remember one time going through his digital Whoa. camera and he just had hella pictures of people. Whoa. <laughs> I was like, Papa, what is this? And he was like, oh, I was just taking a picture of them. You know, that was my friend. I'm like, yeah, but they're not. Hello? Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. are you going to look back on these fondly? Like, what is this? That's a hell of a goodbye right there. But then it's like the loneliness of like, if you're one of the people who's like made it this far, you know what I mean? And continues to live hopefully for a long time. Like then it's like the loneliness of it all gets people scammed too. Like I know a lot of elderly people who have who had people reach out to them and be like, oh, I'm a friend of your cousins and he's in trouble or oh, like create a relationship with them and they think they're friends. You think you're doing Tuesdays with Maury and really, you know, they're trying to run your pockets. There's yeah. so much. And I'm, I'm in my 40s now. And I there's one that I, I keep getting emails from a company that claims I subscribe for virus protection. And they mm. send me an email every six months that says, I get that. Uh, your invoice. Here's, we got your invoice. Thank you for paying it up. And then it's just a link. And I know in my heart, they're just trying to get me to click that link because they will be able to somehow track something or get me to fill out something. I did not sign up for this thing. 
But I'm old enough now that every time I at least open the email to be like, I didn't really sign up for this, did I? And I know I didn't, but I can feel myself getting old enough that I'm like, oh, I'm officially becoming susceptible to this stuff. And I know what it is. And I'm still getting angry enough. I should just delete the email. I'm sure they can figure some things out just from me opening the email. And I'm mad at myself. So that's another aspect is I'm starting to get old and crotchety and I'm starting to become more scammable. And I don't like it. I don't like that feeling. Chris, you're not crotchety. Um, I think we're all curious. I've had two. So I get that. I get that email with the, um, oh, here's your invoice. And if you didn't want to pay for this, then click on this link. I get that one. And then I also get one that's like, thank you so much. We charged your card for these two amounts for something that I know I never purchased. And like one time I checked my bank account just to be sure like this wasn't coming out of my account. But then after that, when I get the email, I'm like, I know what they want me to do. They want me to call and be like, hey, I never paid for this. So they can be like, oh, let me verify your card and make sure that we can turn it off. What's your card? and What's your CVV? Like they just want to steal my information. But if I was older and, and didn't know this much about scams, that one would definitely get me. And they're doing it all the time. Also, I would say ignore is the best thing you can do because I've gotten emails where they had a password, like a legitimate password of mine. And we're like, we have your password and we're about to do X, Y, and Z. And I was like, well, if you were going to rob me, you would have hit me up first to like, let me know. Like, you don't have enough information to use that password. So I'm not going to respond and give it to you because that's what they want. Yeah. Kudos to you. Kudos to you for being savvy enough. Right. It's like, look, just like how the police can't make an arrest and they'll get, if they can't get the information out of you, they'll take you to the little torture room and start acting like they really got it on you. You wouldn't be in the little torture room if they had it. You would be in a cell. Okay. That's how scammers work too. They'd be like, oh, we're about to get you. And it's like, if you were going to get me, you would have got me. You would have called me first and be like, hey, we're going to rob you. Are you home? Like, not how it works. I just thought of a North Jersey scam from my youth that was an infamous one in my town. There was a pet store on Main Street in my town. I used to walk mm-hmm. past it to get to middle school in West Orange, New Jersey. And there was one day where we were all walking to school and the the whole neighborhood smelled horrible. Mm. And the crossing guard met us many, many blocks earlier than where she was usually stationed. And she said, you all have to go around the long way. It's okay if you're late to school. And it turned out there was a fire on Main Street and the pet store burned down. And it was the smell of burning animals. It was very gross, very sad. And Wait, then, how was this a well, listen to this. They don't burnt up Dino. So the pet store was covered in plywood because it was all burned. Mm-hmm. And the owner of the pet store took a can of spray paint. And on the front of the store on that plywood, he spray painted like, whoever did this, I'm going to find you. I'm going to get you. This was not just my life. Like, these were my friends in there. Okay. And That's a long I'm, message in spray paint. He spray painted a crazy big, like, Unabomber-esque, I mean, like, tip top of the wood right down to the sidewalk across the whole storefront. And uh, guess, I'll give you one guess who burned the store down. <laughs> one guess. Doth protest too much. Yeah, he really played, he overplayed his hand on that one. And they instantly, I mean, he was arrested within, I think, 36 hours of spray painting that crazy nonsense out there. <laughs> it was all for the insurance, as it so often is. Sir, if you're going to burn down this pet store and you got Fido, Nemo, you got the, the lizards, everybody inside, which is so fucked up because people love animals. Like, that's horrible. But on top of that, you're going to put a huge sign that's like, we're looking for the guys who did this on the front. Like, bro, we know it's you. You just told yeah. us it was you. Yeah, he got nailed for that. There was also a meat market around the corner from there. Eddie's meat market, I think it was, where... I remember we used to go, my mo- my friend's mom used, because I, okay, it, it, this will also tell you a lot about the neighborhood I grew up in. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, my friend's mom used to give us money and say, go around the corner and get me some cigarettes. And the guy would just do it. And we'd be like, it's for his mom. He'd go, it's okay. I know your family. And then that guy was later busted for selling cocaine to middle school aged kids. <laughs> Not a joke. <laughs> Turns out the place that'll sell cigarettes to kids will sell a lot more things to kids. Listen, the cocaine was for his mama. He was just getting it, picking it up for her. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. You just had to say who it was for. You could get anything at that meat market. I don't know if that one's so much a scam as just like good old North Jersey scumbaggery, but they all tie in together. That's a scam to me, but also it is scumbaggery because like I I can't willingly sell a child cocaine. Like this is a baby. <laughs> you have you have to be pretty like it's Keep not like, on cocaine naturally because well, but the other thing too is it's like it's not like there's it's not like cocaine is a hard to sell item. It's got right. a market. It's got demand. So if you have supply, you can find your buyers. So if you're selling to seventh graders, you're really a lazy cocaine dealer, right? Yeah, like yeah. there, you you can just hold out, avoid it to the kids. You're gonna find some adults who want cocaine you in the neighborhood where I grew up. Yeah. Sit in the or bathroom. I could name four bars within walking distance of that place <laughs> I grew up with, where I'm certain there were people willing and ready to buy cheap, dirty cocaine from this guy. Yeah, you can't be a lazy cocaine salesman. Like, yeah. you don't even yeah. have to try. You're right. You absolutely do not have to try that hard. So we don't need to sell it to children. Absolutely. Yeah. And how much money do kids have anyway? You know, as a seventh grader, how much are you selling this cocaine for? Not enough. I, well, I, some, I grew up amongst some industrious young people, it turns out. Hmm. I hope they were selling it, the children. <laughs> not doing it. That's somehow better for me. <laughs> that gives me peace. <laughs> but we're going to take a quick break for some non-cocaine advertisements. And we'll be right back with... What's hot and fraud? Scams! I love fashion, okay? But we all know buying the latest and the greatest constantly is a little bit of a scam to the planet, which is why I love Newly. It's a subscription clothing rental service that's all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style. Sometimes you put something on the gram and you be like, oh, well, it's dead now. Well, with Newly, you can keep having fresh fits. And you're helping the planet. Try out trending styles, colors, silhouettes, and then you can send it back for something new. Okay, come on, Newly. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month, access to thousands of styles for more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. I know that's right. It's fast, free shipping and returns with professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility. Plus, the option to buy whatever you love, which I love that because sometimes I put on a piece and I'm like, it's mine's now. So you can buy it from Newly. I love using Newly because the free shipping, it's really quick, and the pieces are really nice quality. Also, I love that the orders, like when I got mine, it was shipped in a recyclable, reusable tote. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code GODDESS. 20. Just go to nully.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code goddess20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's nully.com. Newly with two U's with code goddess20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Ooh, do you feel that in the air? Yes, that is summertime. It's in the breeze. It's in the trees. And y'all know when the sky comes out, <laughs> the thighs come out. And as the weather gets hotter, it's time to say bye to jackets and sweaters and hey to shorts and tees. If you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. Y'all know 
I love Quince. If you want to be looking chic year after year with classic pieces that you can dress up, dress down, wear around town, you got to get into Quince. They have premium European linen dresses. I have one in green and oh, when I wear it, it is a show stopper. Blouses, shorts from $30, y'all. Washable silk tops, which I told y'all I love those. I actually went back and got it in navy. I got it in the white like cream and I just know when I wear it, I'm going to feel like Diane Keaton on the beach thinking about my life like white cream are you kidding me it's giving rich okay quince is that girl y'all know you see me in their pieces all the time get into it get warm weather ready with quince go to quince.com slash goddess for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns that's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash goddess to get free shipping and 365 day returns q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash goddess and we're back and it's time for what's hot and fraud this is where i warn you guys about a pop and scam on the streets or more often than not we get a letter from you all as always snitch on your friends family and your enemies at scamgoddesspod at gmail.com just make sure the scam's retired so we don't what yes fuck up your bag I want you to be able to run it as long as possible chris i just need a name for this person won't care about gender okay a name for this person let's say uh rory mcclanahan Rory McClanahan. I like that. Let's make them a real Irish dirtbag. <laughs> I was like, is that a Jersey-ish name? No, Rory McClanahan. Um, I love, I recently discovered Irish Twitter when the Queen died, and it's lit over there. Now I'll be over there all the time. Whoa, I don't even know about this. Oh, Irish Twitter is hilarious. And we li- and they linked up with Black Twitter when Queen Elizabeth died because we were just making the funniest jokes. And I was like, oh, y'all are lit. There was like a stadium full of Irish people the day that um, Lizzie died. And they were like, I guess it was a soccer game. And apparently everybody knows the song or they caught on real quick. But everyone was like, oh, they're like, Lizzie's in a box. Lizzie's in a box. Oh, <laughs> was like, oh my God, they're savage. Yeah, not fans. Not huge fans of the royalty over there, it turns out. No, not fans at all. Um, Some of the shit that came out of my grandfather's mouth was not great. And I mean, if you look into history, it's pretty clear why they don't love them, you know? Deserved, yeah. No one really does anymore because we're like, oh, right. Like, this whole pageantry is like you being like, remember when I stole everything from y'all and enslaved y'all? Remember that? Y'all want to come remember that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a scam, the monarchy, a scam. And I love seeing it slowly erode because everyone's like, we don't care anymore. Like, get these bitches out of here. (laughs) We don't want to see y'all living on welfare no more. Like, get a job. So McClanahan says, hey, girl, (laughs) let me tell you about the last time I got scammed. It was spring of 2021. Oh, I love this. It's like really painting a picture. And I was living with my parents until they retired and made the big move abroad for the summer. I was desperate for a place to live before they moved and applied to several places with no luck. One guy passing as a landlord messaged me back and asked if I wanted to check out the place on a solo tour. You already gave it up. You said passing as a landlord. And I feel like you should just be, you should just be a landlord. <laughs> like if someone was like, what do you do for a living? I'm like, I'm passing as a lawyer. Yeah. I feel like you should just be. Okay. Mm-hmm. People believe I'm a lawyer. That's all that matters. So I showed up to the apartment, not great, but a supreme location, and the door had a key box hanging from it. He texted me the code. I toured the place and I told him I'd take it. He sent over some official looking paperwork, which I signed and then paid the thousand dollar deposit plus first month's rent, my entire savings. So far, okay. I accept that I never got the key. 
And he insisted that I needed to pay more money, which I didn't. And for a while, he hounded me, also dodging questions. So you paid the first month and you paid the deposit. You got no key when you gave the money. And now he's like, you have to give more money to get the key. I've heard about this. And we've been talking about it. This one is a little uh, different than the ones we've been talking about because I've been seeing the Airbnb ones are happening a lot where they're renting out an Airbnb and touring people with it and then being like, sign this paperwork, give me the deposit, and then that place doesn't belong to them. But I'm, ex- I'm interested to see where we're going to go here. What do you think, Chris? The thing about these that always baffles me is how it's not very easily traceable. That's what I'm excited to learn is if there's a person providing access to a place, like you said, Airbnb, people rent that out. Even that though, somebody at some point, there's a money trail that should make these people easy to find. So it sounds to me like this person got desperate for a place, got exploited for that. I see the dots and how that's connecting, but I'm excited for some twists and turns. And I want to know how these people don't get caught. It's funny that you mentioned traceability because I think that's getting harder and harder from personal experience. Um, Right when Elon Musk bitch ass took over Twitter, um, maybe like 17 hours later, my account was hacked, my verified account at the time, because I'm not paying uh, that man for Twitter. Okay, I'm I'm going down with the ship, but I'm not giving no eight dollars a month to create content for you. Like, come on, that's a scam. So when it shut down, some scammer took over my account. The scam is prolific on Twitter. It's happened to like so many people with huge followings now. Um, like Action Bronson, it happened to Bobby Lee. It happened to um, I can I could go on forever with like the list of people that this is affected who have really large followings. Mine is just like sixty six thousand, but theirs are like millions. Some of these people, um, but they take over your account. They make it private and they tell your followers that you're selling laptops, autograph laptops for charity, or you're selling discount iPads or iPhones. And then at least from my DMs, $3,000 was stolen from people. And the way that he was Whoa. doing it, yeah, was Zelle, Cash App, Venmo. But I would start my, you know... Thank you, congregation, because y'all real messy and y'all know this story already, so I won't get too in-depth. But they got really petty and started DMing the scammer and be like, I would love a laptop from you, Lacey. Like, yeah, like, give me, send me that payment information. So I would get the phone numbers and stuff and I would get the names associated and the names kept changing. Every time I would post a name or a phone number associated with the scam on Insta or on my other Twitter accounts, they would change. It was suddenly, it was Jada, then it was Maureen, you know, the names would change, the accounts would change. So I was like, they're finding ways to like hide how they're getting the money. Which I don't get that either. I'm like, are you taking over these people's accounts that you're funneling money through? Or are you making a bunch of different accounts? It's It blows the mind. But this person has been doing this for well over a year and they're getting away with it still because Elon Musk doesn't care about Twitter. He just yeah. wants to he talk to people. To ri- he just wants to be like a him. rich guy with a semi-hard dick. Right. He just wants to sit at the cool kids table and he tried to do it being a liberal. And we were like, we just don't really care that much, bro. And he was like, "Okay, well, the racists love me. So, hey, racist. Yeah. Is it weird how he hosted Saturday Night Live? That was, listen, Lauren Lauren is messy as fuck. Every once in a while, they have somebody on and then later they make fun of that person a lot. It's like, but you had them on. You let them host your show like a year ago. They were hosting. You can't make fun of them now. SNL wants, I mean, obviously everyone in that room is so left-leaning, so that show is going to be, but I mean, like, left-leaning in the way of, like, people are people. We're, like, we don't need to be racist as much anymore. Um, But 
I think Lauren gets a little hard on for that middle America watch, that hate watch. So, so every now and then he brings in somebody who's like, we have the Grand Wizard of the KKK. <laughs> <laughs> With musical guests, Everclear. Yes, Taylor Swift. And then Taylor's like, I'm not associated with the KKK, guys. I just, that was the night that they put me on. I love Ice Spice. <laughs> like, definitely that. Definitely that. So, uh, McClanahan says, yep, dude scammed me. I was and am broke as hell. So this was a devastating blow. Oh, I'm sorry, McClanahan. Cops were no help, of course. Yeah, cops can't happen. Like, they're not going to help you at all. That's not their job. Like, constitutionally, they don't, they legally don't have to help you. That's, I don't know. They're just here to bully us and <laughs> steal. So, it was a devastating loss. I did happen to save the pathetic voicemail he left begging for money. Oh, we got a voicemail. Listen, oh my God, this, okay, now I feel like I'm doing Beautiful Anonymous. Look at that. Um, this is my bootleg version of Beautiful Anonymous. Go listen to Chris' podcast if you want to hear the real thing. <laughs> But we're going to bootleg his show today. Isn't that the scam? I love it. So it says, listen for a second and you'll know it's a scam. Again, I was desperate and dumb. Still a little funny, though. Um, oh, and then there's some really nice things at the bottom here that I definitely did read. Mr. McClanahan, love, love, love. I want to say I, I read a lot of shame in this and like, don't be ashamed. You need housing. That is a physical, immediate need. And we do ignore flags because we're hoping that it turns out to be good and it turns out to work out because we need that to live. So I'm sorry that that happened to you. <laughs> okay, I'm playing the voicemail. Aaron Jones. I'm so worried about you. How are you doing? Hope you're cool. Okay? I don't take the home. Yeah, hello. I need to send a gift card because I need it right now, okay? And that's the voicemail. Um, that's wild to get that and realize that's who got you. That doesn't feel good. Also, like, I don't know if y'all, it's kind of indistinguishable, but he was like, hi, it's me, Aaron Jones. I, I need the cash right now. Like, why is he talking like that? Are you drunk? Oh, what? Yeah. What is this voicemail? It does not seem like that person's a mastermind. So to Rory McClanahan, I'm so sorry. Because that... Because it is, it makes you feel worse, I would have to imagine. When you get a voicemail like that and you're like, oh, this person seems like they can't even like finish. They're at the beginning of a sentence. They can't, they can't even remember what the last one ended with. Like, it doesn't feel great to lose out to that person. No, not at all. Um, also, the fact that this person got greedy when they sound this stupid, like, because they were like, oh, I got the deposit. I got the, you know, first month's rent. Let me try to get more money out of them. Like, you couldn't be satisfied with $2,000 fucking dollars knowing damn well you're not, you don't, are, you know, like, you're not going to give this person a place to live. You're going to hit them up again with some creepy drunk voicemail like, and then the more money. He sounds like drunk Mario. And give me the more, give me the more money. <laughs> That's a chill. I mean, to realize that you don't have a place to live is definitely the worst part of this story. Absolutely. To realize I dropped most of the money I have to do this and I don't have the place to live. Getting that voicemail and realizing, and this fool is the person who fucking got me. That's a low moment. And I'm so sorry it happened. I'm so sorry, Sister McClanahan. I'm really, really sorry, sis, because this is ass. Like, this is really ass. Um, also, just like, 
I don't know. He just sounds like somebody who's like drank a buzz ball and then called you and asked you for cash. Like, what the hell? Um, and I will judge you if you drink buzz balls. But like, just know that out there. Every time I see that, I'm like, anybody who ever purchases this, I'm judging you because what's going on in your life? Okay. Any other alcohol, I won't judge you. But buzz balls, we got we got to sit down and chat. Okay. <laughs> About your purchasing. Like, know that you have more buying power than a buzz ball. <laughs> Y'all, we're going to take a quick break for some non-skip advertisements and we'll be right back with historic hoodwings. Robbery! Back in the 90s, Pepsi and Coca-Cola were in a heated race to try and win loyal customers by any means necessary. But when Pepsi launched an ambitious promotion that encouraged people to buy Pepsi and redeem points for prizes, they overlooked their own fine print in a major way. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, Comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Like, who at Pepsi thought it would be a good idea to advertise that people could earn enough points to redeem a military jet as a prize? When they launched their Pepsi points system, they never imagined somebody might try to actually snag it. But a 23-year-old did, and suddenly, Pepsi owed him a jet. Follow the big flop wherever you get your podcasts. Do you have an unemployed roommate at home? You know who I'm talking about. Children. Yes, Whitney said they are our future. And don't you want to invest in theirs? I know you want to set your children up for success. Maybe you want to save a little coin on private tutoring because we know that inflation is high and these wages are not getting higher. Okay, which is why I love IXL Learning. IXL Learning, it's an online program for kids covering math, language arts, science and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything itself. No more trying to scam your kids as you try to figure out their math equations and their homework. And you know you haven't seen a trapezoid in about 20 years, right? So let IXL help you out. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning and get IXL now. And Scam Goddess listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com goddess. Visit IXL.com goddess to get the most effective learning program out there for the best price. And fraud! And we're back. And it's time for the historic hoodwink. This is where we talk about a famous criminal, maybe a group of criminals. We don't know yet. And uh, we're going to get Chris's opinions all throughout. Today, we're talking about Stephen J. Russell. Uh, and he's a, a, a... I love people with three names because I already know crime is afoot. When you got three names, you ain't up to no good. Yeah, that's generally assassins and serial killers. Right. So, or Sarah Jessica Parker. We don't know. She might be a serial killer. Sarah, don't sue me. Sarah, don't sue me. I love Sex in the City. Okay, so we're looking at this man. He, where, where is his top lip? Oh, that's a great question. Oh my goodness, y'all! This looks like if you had some clay and you just like cut a hole for the mouth with like a straight line. Like I'm not, I'm kidding. I've never seen somebody with a lack of lip like this. This is wild. Yeah, it does. It does look like a mustache with teeth sticking out of it. Yeah, like his mouth is permanently open, y'all, because he don't got no lip to... I know his teeth are dry as hell all the time. Just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know the winters are hard. <laughs> he out there and this is like a cold breeze just chattering. Oh, no. So this is Stephen J. Russell. And maybe he's smiling here. I don't know, man. This is, this is the face of a criminal. I would not see this man and assume that he didn't do crime. 
I'm very, yeah, I'm excited to see what he did because I don't know anything about him. And I'll say he doesn't, he seems like a very unnotable, he doesn't strike me as a charisma filled gentleman. He doesn't strike me as someone who can take over a room. So I'm excited to see how this ends. I don't know. I kind of feel the opposite, Chris, because I feel like really? if you look like this, you got to have charisma. Well, he does have his shirt. He's got a polo shirt mm-hmm. with the buttons clearly open. The, the, the photo that we're looking at doesn't go down far enough, but you can see wide berth for chest as- access, and that does demonstrate some confidence. So and you can I'm see wrong. chest hair, too. Like, he got a little taco yeah. meat out for the girls. He's giving us chesticles, cleavage. So, you know, he might have, he might razzle-dazzle. Let's see. So, he's the subject of Jim Carrey's film, I Love You, Philip Morris. Oh, so, yes. Yes. If Jim Carrey plays you, <laughs> you have charisma because that man is always on 10. So Carrie portrays Russell on the left, and we'll post this photo of the um, movie poster. This is so interesting because I feel like movie posters don't look like this anymore. Like, everyone's trying to be all edgy or, like, really horny. And this is just, like, a little goofy poster. It is truly goofy. I'm surprised this film is about crime. I haven't seen the film. I don't know the story. And I'm, I mean, only in the sense that they're in jumpsuits and have their ankles tethered together but it looks almost like an 80s crime movie like here's these goofballs that have to escape a prison for a crime they didn't commit it doesn't seem like something that's based on anything real right and it's also weird that they're wearing prison jumpsuits but they both have white belts that have some kind of accessory in the middle (laughs) yeah and you and real blonde in this too you and mcgregor very blonde very blonde yes giving sun kissed so steven became notorious for walking out the front door of prisons driven by his keen intellect and desire to be with the love of his life okay all right see we knew you steven i'm on your side right now i'm on your side because leaving the prison like okay well this was this was cute y'all all right i'm gonna see y'all if he did it all for love, I can't be mad at that. But before I get too um, okay with him, I do need to know what he originally went in for, right? Right. Okay. I, I appreciate your cautious. I, I I will change my mind when I, if I see something bad. But for right now, ooh, I'm on his side, baby. Because this is like, I did Lou Pearlman with Teresa Lee. And I was loving Lou Pearlman. The blimps, all the weird ass shit. And then when we got to him being just like a nasty creep man, I was like, ah, damn. I was yeah. loving you. I need to know. I like that this guy's breaking out of prisons for love. I need to make sure he didn't like burn down an orphanage to get sent to prison. Right. We need to know how he landed there. So Stephen J. Russell was born on December 31st, 1957. He was given up for adoption at birth by his mother who had just divorced his father and didn't want to raise a child out of wedlock. Um, There's something so fascinating to me here about the mom being like, all right, well, I just got divorced. I'm going to start a new life. Because normally, you know, women bear the burden of keeping their children when they're divorced or if they're single mothers. You know what I mean? You rarely hear about a single father. And if you do, it's because they're on the news and they're giving them like the award of person of the year for like keeping their kid. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this is also his clear cut origin story right there, right? Right. It's just, you know, I mean, but listen, if you don't want to have a child, I, I feel you should have any method possible as a woman to not have a child, especially adoption. Because, like, you don't, want, you don't want to raise a baby that you don't care about. Of course. So, as a child, Stephen tracked down his mother and discovered she had remarried his father and had three other children, his full siblings. Stephen had just hardly been reclaimed. Goddamn. Steven, I got to figure out if you got bad vibes. 
That's the origin story. Okay, but Nature versus Nurture, did all of this make him go to prison or was he a, a baby that was given incarceration? Like, <laughs> so maybe the vibes I were... Never know. I could see how you'd wind up a little maladjusted if you're like, okay, let me track down my folks. Wait, they just went with it and have three other kids and I got... I got Booted? Who knows? Who knows? Because I mean, maybe he was raised by a lovely family, and our adoption system worked, and that's great. Or maybe he was like getting burned by some stepdad in a tank yeah. top with a cigarette every time he uh, who just wanted to collect a check. Yeah. yeah, there you go. That there was really go. specific, Chris. <laughs> yeah. What can I say? What oh my say? goodness! I've lived but, a lot of life. Oh Lord, but but also to your point. Eh, if he did have a bad upbringing, that would make it even worse. And I mean, the chances of that in our the U.S. adoption system are pretty high. Um, although a lot of people have lovely adoptive parents who really, really wanted to have children. So, you know, it, we'll see. We'll see the vibes. But I can't imagine like pulling up to the house and I'm like walking over and I and then the curtains are open and I just see them sitting around the table looking like a normal Rockwell painting. And they're all together. And I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> Y'all just got rid of me? I would take that personally. I'm oh yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'd frankly turn to a life of crime. Right, me personally, I'd immediately turn to a life of crime. I might have to burn down your house and then put up some signs and be like, "We don't figure out who did this." <laughs> Not with y'all inside, but just like when y'all go out for like a lovely family, you know, time <laughs> to burn the house down. So Stephen grew up and settled in Virginia with his adoptive parents, a conservative couple who ran one of the largest food produce companies. Er, food produce companies in the state. Okay, so they ran some money. Okay. Now, they also said conservative, so... <laughs> All right. He later married a woman and had a daughter, Stephanie. Okay, so for most of his 20s, Stephen was a law-abiding, church-going citizen who played the organ at church and volunteered as a deputy police officer. No, I don't like people who volunteer to be the police. Like, you're way too horny to police people if you're volunteering. You don't even want money. You're <laughs> like, I can still shoot people, right? I don't need to get yeah. paid. And this is when his top lip was ripped off his face. It was right around this time of his life. Yeah, I would like to think he had a top lip until he decided to join the police. So in 1985, the death of his adopted father triggered a personal crisis, and Stephen walked out on his wife and then 12-year-old daughter to move to Houston. So talk about generational curses, like... His stepfather passes away and he's like, okay, I'm done with this family life. Goodbye, family. Much like his family dipped out on him. So there he began living as a gay man and three years later moved to Los Angeles where he would begin his criminal career. Oh, okay. So (laughs) he wasn't attracted to his wife because he was gay. Okay. Okay. So yeah, his adoptive father died and that triggered something. And also he wanted to go live his truth. Uh, Yeah. There's a lot. The father died. Maybe, a lot of maybe he was like, here. life is too short. I'm going to go get some dick. And you know, we love a gay villain. <laughs> we love a gay villain here, okay? Or maybe maybe, maybe the adoptive father was homophobic and he felt like he could never come out while he was alive. Ooh, he got, in, he got in too deep too. over his head. Yeah. And they did say conservative families. So <laughs> the word conservative means that I want to dictate how everyone else lives their lives. There you go. There <laughs> so. you go. You might be right on the money. He was like, oh, he's finally dead. All right, well, let's go. Word. And um, <laughs> I love that for him. I honestly live, live your truth, okay? I also love when we get a scammer who's gay because I'm like, yes. Um, so Stephen was working as a sales manager for a food service company in Los Angeles when the chief executive found out he was gay and fired him. Damn. Damn. 
Hate to see it. Discrimination ran rampant. According to Stephen, when I lost my job, I lost control of my life. So it seems like Stephen was really trying to live a good life despite a lot of odds being against him. So that incident sent him on a spiral of behavior involving selling fake Rolex watches and submitting false passport applications. Love that. Fine with that. Yeah, don't hate this guy. Don't hate this guy. He was sent to jail for the first time in 1992 when he defrauded an insurance company out of $45,000, about $97,000 today, by pretending to have hurt his back. Come on, my neck, my back, my neck, and my back. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. I sort of like this guy. Fake Rolex is not the worst thing in the world. And to defraud an insurance company, they got the money. I'm okay with this guy so far. Insurance companies are a scam, okay? It's a Ponzi scheme. We all pay into it, and then they be like, we don't want to give you money. (laughs) What you mean you need money because your house burned down? (laughs) No. (laughs) It's a scam. But also, I love this because, like, what's wrong with a Folex or fake Rolex? Like, the value in a Rolex is all in the eye of the beholder. And obviously, it was a good enough Rolex for you not to realize it was a Folex. I don't know. Sounds like a fashion purveyor to me. Um, so fraud charges earned him a 10-year sentence at Harris County Jail in Texas. But Stephen's boyfriend at the time, Jimmy, had recently tested positive for HIV. And by the time he would be released, he would likely have passed away. Because this was a time when like, this was still very new. We didn't have PrEP. We didn't have you know, uh, all of the um, drugs now that you can live like, a healthy, undetected, normal life. You know what I mean? So you know, back then... Yeah, I, I would. Okay, so I'm starting to understand why he was walking out of these prisons. He was like, Bay, I gotta see Bay. I'm with you. That's heartbreaking, but also, like, I love this guy. Um, don't break my heart. Don't break my heart, Stephen, because I'm on your side. So he escaped from prison for the first time by stealing women's sweatpants and a tie-dye shirt and a guard's radio. Okay, where did you get women's sweatpants to steal? I know you're in a men's prison. Women's sweatpants are not a disguise. Like, it's a very specific thing to note because if I was to put on women's sweatpants, I think you mostly would just assume. I mean, sweatpants are a pretty unisex item, is my point here. Yes. Like, what about. Did they say four women on them? Did they have juicy on the booty? Yeah. Did it say pink on the side? What? Yeah. Because we were right. Sweatpants are just. They are all shaped the same. They're yeah. sweatpants. Good point. Excellent point. But, but I guess this was enough for the guards to be like, no, that's a woman in those sweatpants. Uh, let's see. So according to Stephen, my first escape worked because I used that portable police radio to tap on the window of the guards' picket. The guards thought I was an undercover police officer. Oh, so when he had the radio, he could be like, the record, record, whatever police we talk about. I got a 1099. <laughs> Whatever. And they thought They're he was like, okay, okay, you're an independent contractor, 1099. <laughs> We're W2 over here. You're a volunteer police officer. Got it. Love it. So he gets out. I love this. The couple moved down to Mexico, but Jimmy grew so sick that they had to return to the United States for treatment. Stephen tried to commit insurance fraud again to pay for Jimmy's treatment, but he was eventually caught and imprisoned after two years of freedom. And then Jimmy died a few weeks later. Damn. Oh, no. But he got to spend. He was out when his lover died. Uh, So he was imprisoned after being with Jimmy, his lover, for two years. And then um, a few weeks later, Jimmy passed away. Okay. Man, I feel like that might have... Jimmy may hold, held on a little longer if Stephen didn't have to go back to prison because I can only imagine how depressing that is to, like, have two years with the person that you love and then, like, they're gone again. Like, damn. 
Okay. Damn, that's beautiful. It's so sad and heartbreaking. So shout out to Jimmy. So meeting Philip Morris. In the spring of 1995, Stephen met fellow inmate Philip Morris, who was serving a sentence for failing to return a rental car. We're putting people in jail for that? Hurts? You put people in prison? <laughs> Boo. Neither of these men needed to be in prison. According to Stephen, it was love at first sight. He was softly spoken with a deep Southern accent. I saw him in the law library trying to get a book. He's short. He's only five foot two and I'm six foot one. And I said, hold on, I'll get that for you. And that was it. Ooh. Okay. That's spicy. There's a picture of him up on the screen. He's he's a well put together man. I like his uh, sweater tie shirt combo. Tasteful leather jacket over it. He doesn't say, look short. No, he he's an older man in the picture that we're seeing. But I I would say uh, I don't know that I'm qualified, but I would say he's got some daddy vibes here, some sort of academic daddy vibes, some professorial vibes. Definitely professorial vibes. Like, I, I would definitely stay after class. I mean, I wouldn't personally, but I could see people staying after class for him, uh, for sure. But also, now I want to take back everything I said about Sam when I was roasting his not having to live earlier, because I like him now. See, I'm a flip-flopper. Flip-flop, flip flop, flip flop, it has been. I mean, we may have also just seen a picture taken at a weird angle. There may yeah. be other photos where he has full, yeah. nice, full, supple lips. Who knows? I like that. Judith, you set me up. <laughs> I'm blaming Judith for this. So... The two were uh, paroled in 1995, and upon their release, Stephen's new goal was to set up a life for themselves in Houston. He first cashed out on multiple fraudulent life insurance policies he'd taken out on Jimmy before convincing a medical insurance company, North American Medical Management, to hire him as their chief financial officer using an embellished resume. I know that's right. So first, he got the insurance policies on his lover, Jimmy, which, honestly, a feat to do if you're not married. And at that time, definitely could not be married. So shout out to you because fuck those insurance companies. So anyway, people believe that he's a chief financial officer. Love that for him. He was so talented at changing his voice over the phone that he listed all his references numbers and they went back to him. So all the numbers, he would just pick up and be like, hello? 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 <laughs> it's just him. <laughs> a lot of burner phones. Uh, so within five months, Stephen had embezzled about $800,000, which is like $1.6 million today from a dormant company account. Like, so accounts that people weren't checking on at the company. He was just like, I'll take some for me. And I know this is a thing because one of my friends works um, in corporate America and was supposed to pay a company like $74,000. And the company just like never got paid for it. But no one ever noticed that the money like didn't leave the account. Like people just don't check all the time. Thus far with Jimmy, I got to say, I'm charmed. I don't think he's a great guy, but I'm charmed. There's people who do stuff that's a lot worse than this. Right. And yeah, this is Steven. Jimmy passed away. Oh, Steven, rather. But, right. I mean, yeah, Jimmy did nothing wrong. Jimmy. Yeah. Jimmy. Oh, yeah. Jimmy's a saint. Uh, but Steven, what is he? Uh, yeah, he hasn't done anything. Uh, this, there's nothing that's making me too cross. Like, it's not hurting anyone. He's draining money from corporate scumbags. I'm pretty okay with that. Yeah, like, I'm for it. I encourage it. I think that's where I'm going to take it even further. So Stephen and Philip used the money to fund a glamorous lifestyle of Mercedes-Benz cars and jet skis and matching Rolexes that were real. <laughs> In addition to dental work and eye surgery. Uh, dental this. work. I love that. And dental work is expensive. Dental work is yeah. crazy. Um, outside bones, 
a, a racket, a scam. And they honestly, I know there's some great dentists out there, but, but for as many dentists that I've had, most of y'all are bad. I'm like, who the fuck is giving out DDSs? Because it seems like I could just drive through and get one. These dentists. I've been saying it for years. These dentists. I still haven't found one that I really like. I'm, I'm in the process of going back on the hunt now. But anyways, I don't even know how we got here. Um, but they were getting dental work. They were getting dental work. And it's expensive and scammy. So Steve said that he decided to continue defrauding the business that he works at, N-A-M-M, to take revenge on how the company and other HMOs treated Jimmy during his treatment. So he was like, now he's like, I'm doing this as like... Love that. Revenge for my boo. But in honor brave. of Jimmy. A broken-hearted, vengeful vigilante? Love yes. Okay. He's like Keanu Reeves when they killed his dog. <laughs> he was like, everybody got to pay. Um, obviously, a human that you love is way more important. Um, that was not what I was, I was telling the analogy I was trying to make. But okay, so he's like, fuck y'all, because y'all fucked with Jimmy. So um, this is Steve talking again. He said, I watched executives badger their medical directors to put pressure on network physicians to get patients out of the hospital as soon as possible, because otherwise it would affect their bonus. They got my revenge genes all greased up. You are right about that. Because, like, once capitalism is involved, which is involved in all of our lives, you start seeing people as human. So they're like, oh, yeah, we got to get them out faster. When in reality, that's a human being in the hospital trying to heal. And you're like, roll them out. Roll them down the hallway. So I can get my bonus for my yacht. And, it, you know, I, I think in my lifetime, I'm old enough to remember the absolute hysteria surrounding AIDS. Like, I remember mm-hmm. when it was a real, like, they had us shitting our pants with fear. Mm-hmm about this thing. So I, I, I can also say too, you have to imagine he didn't just see Jimmy die. Like it was a very dehumanizing process to die of AIDS back in the late eighties, early nineties. So if you're going to want revenge yeah, again, thus far, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm all for this. And like, you're right, because there would be separate wings of the hospital that were, like, not taken care of at all, that were absolutely disgusting, where they would just, like, push these people in to die. My uncle passed away of AIDS when I was eight years old, and I took care of him in the end, and it's just, it was so brutal back then. And, like, you're absolutely right. That brings another level to it. I'm glad that you said that, because it's just, like, it's fucked them all day anyway, but especially during this time where they were being egregious, which they always are, but this was even to a next level. Yeah, you're right. It's, like, fuck them for real, for real. So he was eventually found out and sent back to jail. The judge set his bail for $900,000, nearly $2 million in today's money. But all Stephen needed to do was call the district clerk from jail, use an impression of the judge's voice to tell them to lower his bail to $45,000. What? This man was an impressionist impressionist. He was like, yeah, judge, um, I have a few more questions for you just to get him to talk more so he can get the accent down. <laughs> like, What? Yeah. So he paid with a check that would later bounce and walked out, but was arrested again soon after because he just went home. Oh, wow. That's confidence. He didn't even go on the run. He was just like, I'm going to go sit down at the house. That is extreme confidence. But also, I'm kind of like, why even put this man back in prison? Obviously, he's not a flight risk. He scammed his way out and then just went home. I... I feel like he was maybe playing the long game on that. Of like, look, guys, I just went home, so you can let me have a lower bail this time. And then he's in, you know. And bail is a scam anyway. And he's living on some island in the middle of nowhere, living the good life that he's long deserved. True. I wish he would have just disappeared, though. But, you know, bail is a scam. It's literally like a tow truck, but it's you. And they're like, if you want to get out, (laughs) you got to give us money. (laughs) We collected you, and now if you want to be free. So this time he was sentenced to 45 years in prison. 
Oh, that's too long. For financial crimes? Y'all are wildin'. So, the escapes. From then on, Stephen was driven by the sole overwhelming desire to be with the love of his life, Philip Morris. Three years later, he was stockpiling Greenfelt tip pins from his prison art class. He used the ink from the pins to dye his white prison overalls the green color of surgical gowns. And underneath his makeshift gown, he taped a plastic bag to his body so the prison guard dogs wouldn't be able to follow his scent. That's all it takes. That's sweet and simple. I can't believe that worked. Like just plastic bags. That's it, and that can stop a dog. That's we did. We all just learn that now together. Yes. How did he learn that? It worked Good on him. Good on him stealing markers. Now y'all, y'all know. Cover yourself in plastic. <laughs> I should not be advising y'all how to do crime better. Uh, okay. So then on Friday the thirteenth, Philip's birthday, and when he always planned his escapes, he always. He had a date that he liked for his escape. Love that. No one he's caught so, He's so good at them that he gives them an advantage. Like, they're all on the lookout. They're all ready. And he still does it. This also feels very queer-coded. He was like, it's a holiday, honey. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's escape. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Why would you do this? <laughs> I love Steven. I'm fully, fully down for him. I take back everything I said, Steven, in the beginning. Like, please forgive me about you not having a lip, okay? You don't have a lip, but I still love you. So <laughs> then, on Friday the 13th, Philip's birthday, uh, he, he you know, is about to do his escape. So Steve picked his moment when the front desk was busy and walked out dressed like Dr. Kildare, the prison's doctor. I don't know Dr. with last name, Kildare. I feel like you made me kill a bit. So... He walked into the nearest house, knocked on the door, and claimed to be a doctor who had been in a car accident and needed to lift or uh, needed a lift to town. Stephen remembers by the time they had their helicopters and search teams out, I was drinking margaritas at a bar in Houston. You know that's right. Love this. I hope that you could see like they had the news on. He was like, "Damn, that's crazy." <laughs> I said before he didn't look charming, but you know he's charming because if you live that close to a prison and someone's like, I just need a ride and I was in an accident and there's no evidence of a car nearby or an accident, you are officially a charming motherfucker at that point. I was way wrong. uh, I was wrong too. This man could charm. Well, actually, I did say he might be charming, but he could charm the pants off people. Clearly, the the sweatpants off of the women's sweatpants. But also, I love that he somehow... Because he felt like he had access to scrubs. He took a white prison uniform. He stored up green ink, dyed it himself, then cut it in in a fashion, which I don't think they were giving you scissors, maybe in art class, but cut it in a fashion so that it looked enough like scrubs. Right there. He's worked harder at that than I've worked at almost anything in my entire life. He needs to be out of prison. You can't put somebody with this much ingenuity in jail. Like, they have better skills that they could be using this for. We're robbing society at this point. So he was easy to catch. Damn, fuck. Okay, Steven, you got to stop going home when you get out of prison. (laughs) (laughs) Because once again, he didn't flee. He returned home to his lover, who left with him to Mississippi, but is easily tracked down by police. Back in jail, Steven planned his most dangerous, daring escape yet. So, Steven. If you get out this time, you better not take your ass Because <laughs> how are you so smart? And you can get out of jail easier than a motherfucker. But then you just go home? <laughs> your lover can't meet you anywhere else. You can't go home real quick and y'all hop in the car real fast. Like, 
<laughs> okay. So in 1998, Stephen claimed he had received a positive HIV result, and over the following 10 months, he worked to fake the symptoms of the disease. Okay, Stephen, I'm with you. There's all, there's so much prejudice around it. You, he was like, I'm going to use that prejudice in my advantage. Have I done this myself? Absolutely not. Not faking an illness, but like, you know, like I was pirating music and I got in trouble. And it, like the song that I got in trouble for was um, Before He Cheats by Carrie Underwood. And I was like, uh, I'm black as hell. Why would I listen to that white lady song? Ugh. And they were like, oh, you're right. You are so black and would never do that. And so I left. <laughs> I got like, you out of it. my key into the side. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I, was like, I listen to hip hop and shit. I like gunshots in my music. <laughs> Which I do. I do. But <laughs> that, that's not the only thing I listen to. But they're like, she's black. She can't have multitudes. Yeah, she does. This. She loves that shoot em up twerking <laughs> music. So <laughs> as the stereotypes began. So he starved himself down to skin and bones and he wrote up fake health records on prison library typewriters. Wow. When he sent them to the right department using the prison's own internal mail system, no one double-checked their legitimacy and appearing near close to death, he was transferred to a nursing home. Stephen. Brilliant. Now, if you take your motherfucking ass home, I'm going to fight. <laughs> okay, so while there, his doctor, Willie Steven, using another voice. Man, nobody's out here doing impressions. Like, Steven, you could have been on SNL. Steven, it feels like you do character. Yeah, you're the next Melissa Villa Senior, the next Jay Farrow. The next the Jay next, Farrow. The next JAJ, James Austin John. Here you go. You're the, you could have been the master impressionist of SNL. Right. And SNL definitely was on at this point. It's been on forever. You should have called yeah. Lauren. So um, he would call his parole officer saying that Stephen needed to participate in an experimental drug trial immediately. And with that, he simply walked out the door. So several weeks later, the same doctor called and said that Stephen had died. I know that's right. Finally, though, he tries to take the next step. Oh, it's not Chris. drinking mar- drinking margaritas at his at the in the most obvious places in the world. Chris, why do you think I'm burying, I'm rubbing my eyes like this? He fucked it up. They didn't you, buy it. What do you think he did? Did he just go hang out with his same boyfriend again? <laughs> At his house? Where he lives? So. And where they, they were just waiting for him? Right. At this point, I feel like the authorities are just waiting constantly outside of Philip's home. Like, where is Steve's ass? So, once again, Stephen's freedom only lasted for a short while as he caught the attention of authorities when he attempted to get $75,000 from as a loan from Nations Bank in Dallas under the guise of a wealthy individual. This time, the hammer came down hard and Stephen was sentenced to 144 years in prison, 45 years for his various scams and 99 years for his multiple prison escapes. At this point, I'm starting to feel like it's actually becoming fair. I don't like it because I like him, but how many times can you get out and not? I mean, he clearly, this guy could have talked his way across any number of international borders. This guy could have gotten out and he kept then getting out and just not do it. So at some point, they're going to throw the book at you. At some point, I got to turn around and go, like you it, is, it is now on you to a certain degree. You're just not a finisher, you know, constantly yeah. hitting triples, constantly hitting triples. And and maybe that's why he's so cocky. Like, maybe he just thinks if I get caught, I'll just leave jail again because I'll just be leaving jail. But mm-hmm. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, why not 
why risk being away from the person that you love so much for any ordinate amount of time? Like you were in jail for three years the last time. So you still lost years of your life when you literally could just leave jail and drive to Canada or drive to Mexico. These are not the times where they had like fancy scanners or even communicated that people were wanted that easily. Instead, you're drinking margaritas down at the Fridays, eight blocks from your house again. (laughs) Again. Bro. You just had to go get a margarita at Applebee's again. Right, on cop night. Be so genius. (laughs) So as of today, Stephen has served most of the years of his sentence in solitary confinement. That breaks my heart. Um, Under lockdown, 22 to 23 hours a day. That is fucked up. That is literally torture. That makes me so angry. No one deserves that, especially for financial crime. For financial crime, you're putting someone under solitary confinement and just like torturing them, essentially. That makes me angry. Okay. Well, at this point, he's just being punished because they make him look dumb. And the system can't have that. But he's a white man. Like, they should... Y'all love to let people make people... Y'all look like... As long as he's not a minority or a woman, I feel like they're just like, oh, he got us. But he's one of us. (laughs) Yeah. This feels like too much for a white man. Not be advocating for a white man. And also, the picture that we were just showing to him, he's in another white suit. And you have to got, stop giving him easily dyeable suits. Yeah. I guess he's still in federal prison, so they can't give him orange. They got to give him that, like, white-collar drip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you fashion this to make it look like scrubs? I guess, like, the green color worked. There were no dye, like, inconsistencies with, like, he got a clean, solid color. It didn't look like a little tie-dye-ish. <laughs> it looked a little light in place. Steve comes correct. He's so detail-oriented on the way out, and then he gets out, and he's the sloppiest son of a bitch. I don't understand, Stephen. So um, on February 7th, 2023, Stephen was granted parole. He was released, date still pending, and to this day, he claims to have no contact with Philip Morris. Damn, y'all broke up? That's so sad. So he's on his way out. Yeah, on February 7th, he was granted his parole. So they don't know when he's going to get out, but he's going to get out, which I think is also hilarious because they gave him 144 years. And then they're like, ah, we was just playing just because yeah. we was mad at you. They were just trying to prove a goddamn point. Maybe that's it because they didn't want other people to start thinking that they could just walk out of prison. Yeah, yeah. So they're like, yeah. if you try to escape, we will find you. Yeah. I'm glad he's getting out, though. I am. He didn't, he didn't need to be in there for that long. Um, this photo makes it look like he has no arms, but I guess they're probably cuffed. Yeah, it does. Because, like, look how, like, there's, like, another shirt hanging underneath, but you can't see his arms at all. Yeah. He does appear to be an armless man in this photograph. (laughs) This is very interesting. Um, but you know what? I like you, Steven. Um, I wish... I gotta go with Chris. I gotta go with you. You're right. Like, he kept going home. (laughs) So many chances to just bounce out. And for all of us to view him as a, a folk hero forever. forever. Fighting for love. Fighting for love. Fighting and insurance instead, companies. Instead, nope. Margarita, happy hour. His downfall. Walking distance Can't from resist. the prison. And then Can't he walk resist. home. Oh, lordy. All right, well, that brings us to the saddest part of the show. The end where I have to let Chris go. But before we do... We're going to talk about one person, Scammer of the Week. Maybe we love him. Maybe we hate him. We'll see. Uh, today, we're talking about robo-scammers. Well, I don't think I love them. Anything with robo, AI. I'm like, I don't yeah, love no it. thanks. So robo-scammers have now entered a new level of scams through the use of artificial intelligence. Yep. 
So Arizona mom Jennifer DeStefano claims that scammers used AI to clone her daughter's voice so that they could demand a $1 million ransom I heard from about her. this. Terrifying. Horrifying. And like, also, I've talked about this too. It's like, it was wild that when AI started being able to clone your voice, the first voices that I saw cloned were black people's voices. <laughs> I was like, who really? did you have to get rid of us? Drake, The Weeknd, Kanye. I All was right, like, all on TikTok and everything. I saw it too, yeah. I was like, they're trying to get rid of us. They were like, can we have AI Negroes immediately? So now we're looking at Jennifer. Oh, she's so pretty. And this is so sad. Jennifer recalls receiving a call from an unknown voice number while her 15-year-old daughter was on a ski trip. Concerned something might be amiss, she picked up. According to Jennifer, she picked up and heard her daughter's voice say, Mom, Mom, I messed up while sobbing. Then she heard a man's voice telling her daughter to put her head back and lie down. Oh, this is horrifying. As oh a parent, God. if my son, if a robot version of my son called me asking for help, like you, I you would, I I'd go on like a vigilante death spree if necessary. You You're going I mean? full Liam Neeson, hell yeah! Oh, you have no idea. I can't imagine this poor mom to be put through that. This poor mom. Yeah, this robo scam, robo scamming fake ransom calls with a child's voice. I mean, that's its own level of hell. It's like. Honestly, making me emotional. Um, I'm so sorry to end on such a dark thing. Oh, oh, fuck. So he continued making threats before demanding the initial ransom of a million dollars, which he lowered to 50000 after Jennifer said she didn't have the money. Now, y'all, when you going to go from a million to 50000 First sign that this is that something's up here. Right. Then maybe we need to text your daughter and see like where she at or check her Instagram story because I <laughs> one million dollars. Or you'll never see your daughter again. Okay, how about $50? Or you'll never see your daughter again. <laughs> like, yeah. That's too big of a, that's too steep of a drop. So luckily, Jennifer called 911 and eventually confirmed that her daughter was safe and sound and still on her ski trip. The scam is a part of a string of new phone scams that can use sound clips as short as three seconds long to create a profile of someone's voice and mimic them almost exactly. No, Jennifer, thanks. Bro. And people are like, Oh, I'm going to enter stuff in the chat. GTP. Oh, I'm going to like, I'm like, why are you feeding this? Why are you? You don't need to see what's, we know what's over there. And it's not good for us. None of us. And obviously, obviously a huge part of the writer's strike and a huge part of why SAG may strike is because they are stealing. Like, this is scary. Like, we're, we're in the dystopian part of the movie. Yeah. Not good. Not good. That mom, the fact that that mom held it together long enough to figure out that her daughter was actually okay is a miracle and kudos to her because that also looks like a woman who's very well put together. As you yeah. mentioned, she's pretty. I wouldn't mess with that woman. I wouldn't want that woman mad at me. Yeah, she's got the eyebrows of somebody who knows somebody who will kill you. Yeah, she looks like she can rain down hellfire if you push her too far. Yeah, she got she got some uncles with some stripes. She got some brothers who are on the wrong side of the law. You don't yeah. fuck, you don't fuck with Jen, Jenny, okay? Jenny yeah. from the block. She'll spin the block. Ooh, no, you're right about that. She looks very serious. She's beautiful, but she also looks like she will serious person. She'll pop a trunk on your ass. So they fucked with the wrong one. But also, what's interesting to me about this is like obviously these scanners had to have done some research because they knew that her daughter was out of town, and now we're all chronically mm-hmm. online. So you start following a family. They look like they got a little coin. Obviously, she's going on ski trips. They're not not well off. Skiing is Dang expensive. It. Yeah. 
So this is wild. So Jennifer called the authorities. Um, other victims have recently not been so lucky and have lost thousands of dollars paying ransoms to fake kidnappers. So y'all out there, I hate to say this, it seems really fucked up, but like, if you get a phone call from somebody and they sound like they in the movie Taken and they're like, noir, um, maybe get on another line <laughs> and call your loved one and see like if they're really kidnapped. Oh. Now you have to make sure your loved one's really kidnapped before you get fleeced. That sucks. When you drain a million dollars from an account and then your kid walks back through the door, that sucks for everybody. Well, I mean, the kid came back, so essentially you got what you paid for. But if if your kid's like, what's up, mom? Had such a fun time on the ski trip. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) You weren't napped. (laughs) Now you're mad that they weren't napped. (laughs) Are you kidding me? You never got napped? I'm pissed. Like, mom, why are you mad? I just went on my trip. <laughs> they want you to get napped now. No, um, this is wild to me because obviously with the advent of AI, we know it's about to get scarier and scarier. But y'all, even if somebody, if somebody calls you and you know them and they're not calling you from their number, I don't know, shoot them a text. I'll be like, hold on one quick. Let me click over. Call them. <laughs> I don't just yeah. take phone calls anymore. Um, but yeah, if someone says that they're kidnapped, which honestly, I feel like kidnappings and ransoms, I always see it in movies, but is it happening as often? I feel like if you get kidnapped now, they just like keep you. They're not like trying to get money. You know what I mean? Yeah, it goes to my mind goes to much darker places yes, than money. Same. Much darker places. Much yeah. darker. Not good. But in movies, it's always like, we'll give them back. But I feel like in real life, they're not, that was never a goal. No. Um, no. So if you guys get hit up about a kidnapping of any of your loved ones, even if it sounds like them, shoot them a text real quick. You know, what world are we living in? Click over. What world are we living in that that's actually applicable advice? I hate this. (laughs) I hate this. (laughs) Industry I thought would never be upended by AI. Telling me I can't even take a kidnapper at face value anymore. What kind of world are we living in? We've automated kidnapping, so actually we don't need human beings to do it anymore. Do you think there are kidnappers out there who are like, these assholes are making us all look bad. These assholes are making us look bad. We're not just out here trying to kidnap. Right. And these assholes are making us look like a big bunch of disingenuous fakers. They invested in no vans no more like we did. They're not yeah. putting bags over people's heads and making threats like taken. They just, they're just automating our whole industry. You think I spent all this time digging a secret basement under my real basement so AI could take my kidnapping job? AI's taking everybody's job, y'all. First, they came for the grocery stores. Yeah. Said nothing. Oh, Lord, that's such... Uh. All right, y'all. Well, that was such a fantastic episode. Chris, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, always please. a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Again. We always ask, where would you like to be found on socials? Also, anything you want to plug? Obviously, Beautiful Anonymous. Anything else? I'm at Instagram at Chris Geth, and I don't have much touring coming up. So, yeah, just Beautiful Anonymous. It's worth a listen. We work hard on it. It's a good show. You'll enjoy it. Yes, and follow Chris. That way you can see when he's coming back on the road. Maybe Twisted in you. Maybe just AI Chris. You get there and it's just a hologram of him doing it. You guys just farm out to stand up to AI. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm in the process right now of selling my name, image, and likeness to uh Who did that? For real. It's something, huge demand. Huge it, demand, yeah. It's called Deep Cake. If y'all want to look it up, oh, Bruce gosh. Willis sold his, yeah, sold it to Deep Cake. James, James Earl Jones sold the rights to his voice to Disney. No. Yeah, for Darth Vader. 
Which means that when he or if he passes away, they could just keep keep it. Oh going. my God. Yeah. He's not gonna get paid. He, yeah, he got paid now. Bro, this is scary. Cause That's like, like an inch away from them just making up a new Darth Vader voice and never having it be a human at all next time. They're that close. Think about that in cartoons, they're like, say three words, and they can just be like, This is the Simpsons forever. Yeah. Yikes. Yep. We're in bleak times, y'all. But uh if you want to stitch on your friends and your family, uh, not AI, scamgoddesspod at gmail.com. If you want to follow me, D-I-V-A-L-A-C-I-D-V-A-L-A-C-I on all platforms. We also have a movie coming out on Netflix July 7th. This episode is coming out on my birthday, y'all. July 4th, 4th of July. So turn up for me because America's trash. So we should all just be celebrating me. Y'all know that. Uh, but yeah, it's called The Outlaws and it'll be on Netflix July 7th. Congregation. Stay Steven. Stay Steven. Okay? But, but like, don't go home after you get out of jail. Damn goddess. This has been an Earwolf production in association with Team Coco. Scam Goddess stars and is hosted by me, Lacey Mosley, a.k.a. Scam Goddess. Our producer is Judith Cargbo. Our production coordinator is Abby Aguilar. And our audio engineer is Sam Keeper. Research for the show is done by Caitlin Brand. Stay scamming. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Hey there, I'm Sujin Park. And I'm Kulap Vilaisak. Join us for Add to Cart. Every week we talk about the things we buy and buy into and what they say about who we are. That's right, like our friend Nicole Byer. I am a lady who has many tabs open and they all have carts filled with things. <laughs> <laughs> Got a bajillion tabs full of stuff too? We'll break down what that says about you and us every week. Search for Add to Cart wherever you get your podcasts.